Let me ask you, are you someone with hair? Well, if you answered yes to that question, do I have the product for you? Visit ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off because the goal with Modern Mammals is to try and keep your hair and head natural. Since I've been using it, that's exactly what I've experienced. I very much prefer it. I don't know if I'm ever going to switch back. Probably not, to tell you the truth. And this means that it doesn't distort your pH balance and natural oils like shampoo would. Unlike shampoo, the products don't have a harsh detergent that suds up and dries out your head and hair. It's just lighter than traditional shampoo. And unlike conditioners, it doesn't leave hair limp and frizzy. Like, you don't want that Seinfeld in the shower like Rory McIlroy had it once too, where it's just like a, a mop on your head. You don't want that. And if you use modern mammals, that's not going to happen. It's designed to make your hair feel thicker. And my hair at the moment feels so thick, you can't even pull it out. Plus, the products are easy to rinse out, so there's no leftover residue to weigh hair down. So, Go to ModernMammals.com and use code MAYO for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code MAYO. Don't forget to use my promo code MAYO so they know I sent you. More details in the description. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, week seven, Friday update. We got injury news. We have updated ranking spreads in DraftKings ownership care of fansharesports.com. If you want a discount off fansharesports.com, go to fansharesports.com, enter the code PME, boom, get yourself a discount. Very valuable tool in trying to project ownership for the week ahead. Chris Meany normally in studio with me on Fridays. He had to take the day off. He had his birthday earlier this week. He says he's busy, but I just assume he's hung over. Either way, best words to Meany. Hopefully he's recovered enough to come join me on Sunday to watch football like we normally do. So that's really the most important part of this. A little bit later on, Dr. Jesse Morse from the Fantasy Doctors will be on the line to discuss the Patrick Mahomes injury, Amari Cooper, and all of the most important ones for long-term purposes uh, and how that might affect your fantasy team moving forward. I'll hit all the random notes off the top in the fantasy spin, but we'll really try to dig deep in and really try to project out to see when these guys might come back or potentially be at 100% because that information is highly useful. So if you hit the time codes, you can figure all that stuff out. And if you're into the time codes in the description of the podcast or video you can also find the link to the pat mayo experience viewers and listeners league 15 dollars to play three max entry no rake whatsoever it is the best tournament on DraftKings, so i suggest you go play it or they're gonna make it smaller which 
why would you not play in it? It has no rake. So come join me. Come take my money. I always have my three spots. Been doing better the past two weeks. Maybe I can move up the leaderboard. Although, if golf is any indication of how good my DraftKings week is going to go, not very well. I might come last place. So, having the double golf football last place is pretty tough to pull off when you're actually trying to do well. So, come join me in that. Please play. It's going to be fun, and I want to keep this as big as possible because I keep hammering this down that it is the best tournament on DraftKings because it actually is. Anytime you can get no rake, you're going to want to play in that tournament. Also, if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, three ways to do so. Smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me which wide receiver you think is going to be the highest owned in the week seven DraftKings millionaire maker. Boom, that's pretty easy to do. Way number two to do it. Leave an audio review for the audio podcast, Pat Mayo Experience, five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show. That's way number two. Way number three Instagram, follow me at the PME, like one of the sports photos that goes up there and leave your DraftKings handle in the comment of that photo, and you too will be in the draw for 20 DK bucks. I'll be live Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time with Gary and Thorne in studio, taking your questions, getting all of the latest updates down. That will be available after the fact as well on all of my audio feeds, probably around 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. If you want to go to the gym, walk the dog, you know, you, you wake up late and you miss the show live, boom, it's available for you. Just put your headphones, do whatever you got to do for the morning, set your lineups, and all of that information will be directly plugged into your brain. Hopefully it's not bad. I mean, the information will be good. The analysis, you know, it's a bit wishy-washy. Not, not always the best on the Pat Mayo experience. I mean, all of you out there know that. And I'll be live Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern time on the DraftKings YouTube and Facebook channels where I'll be giving away the winners of those 20 DK dollars, having some new giveaways, and we'll be recapping the week, looking forward to the waiver wire, all that fun stuff, breaking down both the primetime games for the DraftKings slate as well. Glad we got that out of the way. So let's jump right into everything right now. Uh, news came out on Friday afternoon that Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook, worst place Jared Cook, still in worst place, no injury designation can take him out of worst place, and Traquan Smith are all going to miss this game for the New Orleans Saints, uh, which I guess initially just leaves Latavius Murray and Dwayne Washington to a certain extent. I don't expect much run from Washington, but enough to take away from the bottom line of Latavius Murray. Normally in this circumstance, when you get a full workload for a running back, uh, they would just project all the way up. I had Kamara, I think it's seven for the week. Uh, Latavius Murray is not taking a spot inside the top 10. It's a pretty brutal matchup against the Bears. He might have enough volume to overcome it. Uh, we know that the Bears are missing their best run stopper. The offensive line for the New Orleans Saints still very, 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 very good. So they should be able to puncture some holes here, and you would expect them to get a lot of the work down on the goal line if they end up getting down there. Initially, they were three-point underdogs against the Bears, but now this game is off the board because we don't know whether or not it's going to be Chase Daniel or Mitch Trubisky starting for Chicago. I don't think that personally matters all that much. Uh, for defensive purposes, I think the Saints D is still a really nice play this week, uh, and probably more so if Mitch Trubisky, a guy who's going to try to extend the play, uses wheels a little bit. We know the offensive line for the Bears is not very good in the pass rush for the Saints, extremely high level. That it's just a really good play, whether you're streaming in fantasy football, season-long defenses, or just on DraftKings of $2,900. You can definitely do that pretty easily. But for Latavius Murray, I have him in that Frank Gore range, just as just inside the top 20 at running back for people. PPR purposes, it, you kind of have to weigh it. If we take someone like a Frank Gore, well, is Frank Gore with Devin Singletary lifted from the injury report going to get all the workload? No, 
But if he gets 60% of the work like we saw earlier in the season, that's probably good enough to have a good game, at least floor-wise, against the Miami Dolphins. For Murray, he might end up with 75% of the work, but how much is he going to be used in the passing game? How effective and efficient is he going to be in this matchup? I don't really know. And like I mentioned with Dwayne Washington, I don't know how much he's going to be used. If it's a 60-40 split, then that's not great news, especially because we're not thinking that a floor is super high for someone like Latavius Murray, although he did look good last week against Jacksonville and Spurs, but they also have the 32-ranked run defense per DVOA. So what's that really telling us? I don't know. So he's playable. His price on DraftKings is just too high versus other really good options in his area. So even as a contrarian play, like, on Johnson is going to be the very highly used guy in that range. And then if you pivot off of him onto Latavius Murray, I don't think that makes a ton of sense, considering you could pay up a little bit more and get Tevin Coleman or pay down $100 and get Josh Jacobs. Both those guys are superior options, at least in my mind, to Latavius Murray this week. So if you have to pick him up and start him and use him in season long, go for it. Uh, there's a ton of injuries. There's a ton of bye weeks. But he's not someone I would actively go out of my way to force into my lineups. And other than that, without Cook and Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn will get get some more run uh it's just gonna be a michael thomas smash fest here i don't love the matchup but the volume should definitely overcome that especially if they are truly underdogs if they opened at plus three and now they're down kamara cook and traquan uh and theoretically that the bears get their starting quarterback back in the lineup and under center you would expect the bears to be probably four and a half five point favorites maybe I, regardless of what it is i still think the saints win this game so i like them against the spread either way i just think that their defense is too much to overcome and even when we think about coaching like it's not a situation where Nagy has been great this year and sean payton has proven himself with drew Brees out to still be an offensive mastermind so when it comes down to it i don't see a huge differentiation between either chase daniel mitch trubisky and on the other side teddy bridgewater call that a push both defenses very good give me the superior coach in this game especially if you're getting a ton of points along with it probably not a game you want to target for DraftKings purposes as a stack but even someone like i mean pj williams is now facing a two-game suspension so maybe someone like anthony miller in the slot or potentially even gabriel here if Lattimore we know is going to try to shut down alan robinson become interesting pieces but you could probably do a little bit better in higher scoring matchups if you're not super desperate desperate to save all the money. The next big one is Sean McVay came out on Friday and said that it's likely that Todd Gurley is going to play. Malcolm Brown has been downgraded to doubtful, but it's no sure thing that Gurley ends up playing on Saturday on Sunday. So the best move you can probably do right now, if he's available, Daryl Henderson is available in like 70% of leagues right now without Malcolm Brown around. If somehow Gurley was to be put into a situation where he was not going to play on Sunday, you could fire up Daryl Henderson as probably a top 15, potentially even top 12 back Atlanta's run defense isn't all that bad just because you can pass all over them. I believe they're seventh right now DVOA against the run. Just teams don't have to run against them. But if you get Daryl Henderson and all of a sudden he's splitting carries or he is the primary ball hander to John Kelly without Todd Gurley around, knowing Malcolm Brown is unlikely to play, it's just a situation where it may never come down to it as Gurley is expected to play. But we've seen weird last second things happen before is that you don't want to be in a mad scramble on Sunday morning competing with everyone to go get Henderson. If you just grab him right now for free, 
you just give yourself that out. If it turns out that Gurley's going to play, you don't play him. It's that easy. But it would be an extra boost to your lineup over a lot of these middling options. Like Henderson would become a better play than Latavius Murray, for example. That Just putting yourself in a position to take advantage of news that comes out Sunday morning on a Friday evening or a Saturday morning, just a good situation to put yourself into. So I highly recommend to do that. Saquon Barkley expected to return for the New York Giants, as is Evan Ingram. Sterling Shepard is going to be out for this game. Patrick Peterson back for the, I was going to say St. Louis Cardinals, but Arizona Cardinals, because St. Louis Cardinals no longer playing sports at this time of the year. Peterson likely to take it. Maybe they end up putting him up on Evan Ingram. I don't know how that's going to shake out, but it right now it seems like Darius Slayton's going to be the one who sacrificed. You weren't using him anyway. No big deal on that. And maybe Patrick Peterson has to knock off the rust a little bit. This is one of the highest total games of the week. You're going to want to play everyone. Barkley is coming in with suspiciously low ownership in DraftKings. I think a lot of people, he's kind of out of sight, out of mind because he's been injured for so long. But if he plays, I'm playing him. I think he's one of the best tournament plays on the slate. The problem becomes his price point at $8,900. He's so much more expensive than everybody else. That's one of the main reasons constructing a good lineup around him is tough. But his upside in this game is certainly elevated, that you're going to want to figure out a way to get him in. If that means using Leonard Fournette and sacrificing Chris Carson or vice versa, and then paying down at another position to get Barkley in, I would suggest doing that. Actually, I mean, I would suggest doing that because that's what I'm doing. So if that's what I'm doing, it's probably not the best idea in the world, but this is a situation where you want to unleash both Ingram and Saquon Barkley. Maybe a little bit of Golden Tate as well. On the other side, David Johnson's a game-time decision. Expect him to play, but almost like Todd Gurley, have Chase Edmonds on hand for a potential excellent opportunity at all the volume if for whatever reason David Johnson is unable to go Christian Kirk is shaping up to be a game time decision as well Kirk for me in this if he plays becomes an excellent DraftKings play solely because no one is going to use him the later this gets into the week and the more that we don't know about his status the fewer people are just going to use him he might come at like two three percent ownership in a gravy matchup against the Giants, and one that's going to be incredibly high-paced. I talked about the total a little bit already, that that is sort of a leverage play that you can use in that mid-tier to save yourself some money off some of the very high-end wide receivers. When we get to the ownerships a little bit later on, everyone is just on Larry Fitzgerald, which is a good play. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Larry Fitzgerald is not a good play, but if Kirk goes, you get him at a tenth of the ownership and probably higher upside, too, because if he's healthy, he's going to be running those deep routes. We can't make sense of who the next guy is after Larry Fitzgerald week-to-week week is it Sherfield? is it Keyshawn Johnson is it Demir Bird oh are you gonna play Max Williams or are you gonna play Charles Clyde no you're, you're not playing these guys Christian Kirk you can play we know about his target share we know about his volume and we know about his upside that if you can get him at low ownership he is definitely a guy to turn to so keep an eye on that on Monday morning when the or Monday morning on Sunday morning Monday morning if you could adjust your lineups we'd all be millionaires here but 10 30 or 11 30 Monday morning right after we finish the PME show uh, that news should trickle out so I do like him as a leverage spot in tournaments with Christian Kirk and in your season long you're playing him if he's active because he's very good and like we mentioned before, there's a lot of A, bad matchups, B, injuries, and a lot of guys on bye weeks that you're not just going to sit really good players because, oh, I got so many guys. If that's the case, then congratulations. You're doing great in fantasy this year. Murray Cooper and basically all of the Cowboys are now expected to play. 
this week. That includes both offensive linemen, Smith and Collins, which is a huge upgrade, even more than Amari Cooper returning. I'll discuss this with Dr. Jesse Morris a little bit later on. I've adjusted my rankings to reinsert Amari Cooper into them. That knocked Michael Gallup outside of the top five, which if it was just him on an island, then it would have been Smash City. That's probably not going to be the case if Cooper's back, but I don't even really know what his health is going to be. He's probably a guy you have to start anyway. I mean, name value, upside value. He's at home. He's always better at home. And he's playing the Eagles, who are just pitiful in the secondary, that even a 50% Amari Cooper might be able to do a bit of damage against the secondary. I still like Michael Gallup better for this week, but I'm curious to see how this shakes out. And maybe this is all just a mind fuck anyway, and they're going to end up making him inactive, and we're not going to know until later because this is the Sunday night game. So have... A situation, if you're planning on using Cooper, have someone left over that you can swap them out if need be. This is usually better off. We talk about late swap on DraftKings a lot and using a player in the late game in your flex spot. I would suggest the same thing in season-long fantasy, too, that if you have the ability to insert Amari Cooper into your flex spot, it just gives you more outs to replace him with. It doesn't have to be a wide receiver at that point, uh, depending on what your different options are. It just expands the pool of players that, in a pinch, you could plug someone in so you don't end up with a zero in that circumstance so be very cognizant of that the Jags are setting up to be a very interesting team this week Uh, on the Bengals side of the ball they're missing both their starting cornerbacks and now uh, Cordy Glenn was going to come back from his concussion but now he's been suspended a game by the Bengals for complaining about how they actually dealt with his concussion. So the offensive line, not getting a whole lot better for the Cincinnati Bengals at this point. But D.D. Westbrook popped up Thursday with a shoulder injury, didn't practice on Friday. He is in danger of missing this game. Marquise Lee, already ruled out. Jeff Swaim, already ruled out. And it does look like we're going to get rookie Josh Oliver back at tight end for the first time this season. No O'Shaughnessy, no Swaim. He should get a ton of run here. It's hard really to figure out what to do with him. But uh, I would even say as a DraftKings roll of the dice, but you probably don't even want to take that chance. It's a lot of risk to insert into a lineup. Leonard Fournette projects to be the highest owned player on the entire DraftKings slate. You're not going to get an argument with me from that. And if you want to fade him, that's a pure ownership fade. And it's probably just too risky in a spot like this against the Bengals, who suck against the run with a guy who's playing close to 100% of his team snaps. Sounds like a pretty good scenario to eat the chalk, to be perfectly honest. The way to get away from Fournette here, if you really wanted to do it, is play Minshew or just play DJ Chark. Uh, Chris Conley actually opens himself up if Westbrook is out to be a really nice low-end play. Everyone's going to Alan Lazard down in that spot or even Adam Humphreys in the $3,000 range at receiver. Someone like Chris Conley, if he's playing close to 100% of the snaps against a fifth-string corner, could end up being pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you, but Chark sets up in a massive spot here. Everyone seems to be off of him because they're using Leonard Fournette and they don't want to use Fournette and Chark in the same lineup, but this is a spot we know Minshew loves DJ Chark. We know he's a big play guy, and this is a glorious matchup for him on the road, uh, even as favorites against the Bengals. So I like DJ Chark a lot, and he's a guy that if you didn't want to use Leonard Fournette, I think he possesses just as much upside and comes in at way lower ownership and gives you different options to use at running back at the same time. But the DD thing is something to look at. If it's season long, you probably have better options. He's a fringe starter anyway, but he does open up that gaping hole for Chris Conley. He would be the guy I'd go pick up if you're just waiting on the news of DD. You have to play DD. Chris Conley is like 100% available, so you can get away with that. Devontae Adams has been ruled out for this game on Sunday against the Raiders. 
Um, no real shock there. He should return next week. That'd be three weeks with that turf toe. That was the original timeline. Marcus Valdez-Scantling is a game-time decision. He'll probably end up playing, and Geronimo Allison is on the bad side of playing. He's listed as doubtful. We saw him get wrecked in that game on Monday night against the Lions, so it's probably pretty good that uh, pretty good chance that he's not going to play. On the other side of the ball, Tyrell Williams will miss this contest with a foot injury, so adjust accordingly. Probably sets out to be a great Darren Waller week because Zay Jones is getting incorporated into this offense, just being traded from the Bills to the Raiders. You have Doss, who's not very good. Uh, Davis, who just seems like a gadget guy who's super fast. Maybe you can use him. I wouldn't still. And then Hunter Renfro just does nothing on a consistent basis. Yet somehow the Raiders will be in this game. Josh Jacobs, that's the guy that you want for the Raiders uh, here if they're going to keep it close you're going to see like 30 touches for Josh Jacobs and he's getting more usage in the passing game week after week after week almost like a progressive upswing if you were to look at a chart of it so that's very encouraging he's already running back 15 so far this season and he's had his bye week and if he's going to be utilized more in the passing game with the Raiders being more competitive every week he could definitely finish as a top 10 guy Josh Jacobs is really good and he's undervalued on DraftKings this week everyone's using carry on right there if you wanted to pivot Josh Jacobs Jacobs or just use them both as a way to save money if you really wanted to. I personally like Jacobs more than I like Carrion Johnson this week. I just think the matchup against the Vikings is it's not like, hey, don't play Carrion Johnson. The matchup's too tough. Not saying that. All things being equal, Jacobs market share versus Carrion Johnson market share, it's very similar. It's very even. So just take the better matchup up, up against the Packers. It seems pretty easy to me. But again, this is why I suck every single week. For the Packers, it does look like Alan Lazard at $3,000 on DraftKings. Probably a pretty good play. Not going to lie to you. Probably nothing long-term. Jake Camaro is probably someone you could use as a pivot point off of him. But it just seems like Aaron Rodgers likes Lazard a little bit more. So keep an eye on Scantling and his health, and that will shake itself out. So it will be pretty obvious who the guys are to play when it finally comes down to that. Talked about Trubisky. The only other big two that we don't really know right now. We know Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting for the Dolphins in a revenge scenario like he has against half the league against the Buffalo Bills that means he's either going to throw for five touchdowns or five pick sixes against this Bills defense probably five pick sixes so you probably don't want to start any of your Dolphins if you don't have to and Mariota got benched for the Titans it's going to be more uh more Usage in the receiving game, I would think with Ryan Tannehill under center, he's going to face a ton of pressure because Melvin Ingram might be back in this game for the Los Angeles Chargers. Russell Okun could be back too. So the Andrew Cur- Tim starts to waver a little bit on the Chargers. All of a sudden, some of their guys start rolling back through into their lineup. So this should be a close game. I do think this benefits someone like, well, I guess if Casey Hayward is taking Corey Davis out of this game, Adam Humphreys stands to be a big benefactor. There was no Delaney Walker at practice on Friday. That's a veteran's day off he's going to play so those two guys benefit the most if you're looking for a big gpp play aj brown is the guy because we know his yak ability he only has to catch a little slant goes full to stiff arm and takes off down the field wide receiver twos and tight ends have had big games so far against the chargers that's something to look out for moving forward but i do think that adam Humphreys at 3400 dollars he was targeted four times by ryan Tannehill last week against the denver broncos this could shape up really good for him in this circumstance so the rest of the injury report just to roll through position by position uh, most of the stuff you know, it's pretty obvious. Likely in at running back, Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary lifted from the injury report, Wayne Gallman, Rex Burkhead, uh, and David Johnson. All game time decisions to likely in, likely out. Darren Sproles and Justin Jackson along with Elvin Kamara, who is out. Chris Thompson is the other one who is out right now. 
for the Washington Redskins. You don't really, it would be a nice spot for someone like Wendell Smallwood who could absorb like four and a half to five targets per game that the turf toe of Chris Thompson leaves on the board. Expect Thompson to be out a few weeks and maybe in PPR leagues, you want to pick up Wendell Smallwood knowing that he's the primary pass catching back over Adrian Peterson. But we don't quite know how that's going to shake out under Bill Callahan. Maybe Peterson just gets involved in the passing game or you don't want to start running backs against the 49ers, but in a pinch for someone who's super cheap or super available, Smallwood could see like four catches in this game. What he does with them. No idea. It could be for eight yards and be completely fucking useless, but He's a name he's going to play, presumably, in this spot, and he could have more viability down the road. So if you grab him now, he's free uh, in case he has the big game or high usage. He's someone that people would target on the waiver wire. So if you're hurting at running back, you know you have bye weeks coming up with Thompson projected to be out probably three to six weeks. I don't know, save yourself the three bucks on the waiver wire if it comes down to it, especially in deeper leagues. In deeper leagues, these are the guys that you're really looking out for. Likely in at receiver, talked about Cooper. I have Didi on that right now, so he's still in my rankings. All my rankings can be found in the description of this podcast video and always up on dkplaybook.com. Doesn't look, or Randall Cobb, Taylor Gabriel, Julian Edelman, Philip Dorsett. Kenny Stills lifted from the report. He's good to go. John Brown also lifted from the injury report. They're all good to go for Sunday, likely out. A.J. Green, Deshaun Jackson, Josh Gordon, Geronimo Allison, Sterling Shepard, Hollywood Brown appears like he is not going to play. No interest in the Sneeds of the world. They could have good games, but you're not going to know if it's going to be him or Boykin or whoever. Just upgrade Mark Andrews. He's good. Play him. It's that easy. Play him and Lamar. Boom. You're good to go for the Ravens side of the offense. Ruled out already Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, Devontae Adams, Traquan Smith, A.J. Green, Marquise Lee, and Paris Gambo will not be playing for the Colts. If you expect that to be a high-tempo game, we know about how T.Y. Hilton's going to be super-owned and super-popular this week, but someone like Chester Rogers could sneak his way in. I prefer the two tight ends more, but it does appear to be Chester Rogers playing the snaps and getting the looks from Jacoby Brissett uh, whenever everyone else is kind of out or banged up from that lineup, so upgrade him a little bit. At quarterback, Mitch Trubisky may or may not play, likely to play. You're not using him anyway against the Saints. Breeze, Rosen, and Mariota not playing. At tight end, Evan Ingram, Ben Watson could make his return for the Patriots this week with both Izzo and Lacoste, the Lacostitute, being out. Josh Oliver coming back. Jimmy Graham taken off the injury report for his ankle injury. Matt Lacoste, Chris Herndon, Jared Cook all out to likely out, along with Will Disley, Vernon Davis, and Jeff Swaim, who have all been officially ruled out at this point. Let's talk about some of the DK ownership stuff. Again, fansharesports.com, promo code PME. Find yourself who's going to be the highest owned of these guys. Right now, it is looking like at running back, Leonard Fournette. Delvin Cook and Chris Carson being the three highest owned running backs on the slate. Uh, If you just can find the extra money and go from Cook up to Barkley, I, I think that's the move, honestly. The chalk at running back doesn't scare me as much as chalk, especially cheap chalk at wide receiver. So if you want to play these guys, not the end of the world. They're all really good plays, so you should probably do want to play them. Uh, my cheat sheet is up on dkplaybook.com as well for tournament plays in the DraftKings Millionaire Maker this week. At wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton and Cooper Cup, by far the highest owned 
wide receivers of the week. Like both of them, to be perfectly honest with you. So it's going to be tricky trying to get away from them. Larry Fitzgerald right now projects his third. I can get away from Larry Fitzgerald, especially if Christian Kirk ends up coming back. Quarterback, no one is so high-owned that you would need to fade on ownership. Right now, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson seem to be the two highest-owned, but it's like 12%, 11%. That's not going to end you by any means. Kyler Murray comes in third in the DraftKings projected ownership in GPPs heading into week seven. At tight end, it's Hunter Henry, it's Mark Ingram, then it's everyone else. Mark Andrews is third, but he's not even carrying that great deal of ownership here. Maybe a nice week to get on Kittle to be perfectly honest with you. If no one's going to be like lining up to use him, he has like average ownership. It's a good spot for George Kittle. Uh, Darren Fells is another one. If you really need to save the money down at the bottom, I'm actually kind of surprised more people aren't going on to him. I suppose at $4,000, Hunter Henry is just such an obvious play that they're not even considering anything cheaper. But if you do want to get up to some of these higher price players, there are so few options in the lower levels this week that someone like Fells shapes up to be a pretty good play against the Colts, to be perfectly honest. And then the Ds, there's two Ds that everyone seems to be using. They're either paying up and using the Bills or they're paying down and using the Indianapolis Colts. That's just the way that... You can tell who's using who based on how they've decided to allocate their money elsewhere. The Bills, they're in a fantastic spot. If you can use them, use them, but they're just too expensive for me. I'd rather spend the $2,000 elsewhere at my other positions and pay up for some more of that safety where defense tends to be more of a roll of the dice as we go through it. Again, all my rankings are updated on dkeplaybook.com. As of right now, I'll hit them again Saturday evening. I'll hit them again Monday morning. And then after the inactives come out, they'll be freshly updated. If you want to keep checking back to those, bookmark them or do whatever. Just check out my Twitter. They're always up there and in the description of this video. I think that's it for me in terms of updating you on the injuries. Let's dig in a little bit more to how severe some of these injuries are, especially the Patrick Mahomes situation uh, with Dr. Jesse Morse from the Fantasy Doctors coming up right now. All right. Now that that's out of the way, I'll do a bit of an injury update again because more news broke here. After we talked to Dr. Jesse Morris of TheFantasyDoctors.com, the big thing, Jesse, that we're looking at right now, Patrick Mahomes, dislocated kneecap. That does not sound fun. They say a minimum of three weeks to, I guess, a maximum of next year. Is that what we're looking at here? So um, let's put it this way. Best case scenario for a kneecap, dislocation is what Mahomes had based on what we know now. Um, he, the kneecap uh, can move uh, a little bit, but it doesn't move to the extent that it did for him. Um, there is a small little ligament underneath the kneecap that keeps it in place. Uh, and in, in order for the kneecap to completely moved out of the way, you kind of have to tear that ligament. Sometimes what happens is it clips a piece of the bone and you have a big chunk of cartilage that comes off underneath. That's what they needed the MRI for today. The good news is it was negative. Um, so they're going to try to rehab him uh, for about three up to six weeks. That's the pretty common protocol for this. He is at increase for re-dislocation. Uh, Matt Stafford had this in the past. He ended up having surgery in the offseason. Some guys feel like they never are the same. Uh, because the, without the kneecap engaged, your knee doesn't feel normal. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like you can depend on it, which is obviously concerning. 
So what would you anticipate the timeline being here for him? So if let's say it's the minimum. He's out three weeks and then he comes back. You say he's at risk for re-aggravation of this injury and he could potentially be out longer. If you're the Chiefs, wouldn't you just force him to get the surgery maybe? This is the, this is the dilemma that I, I briefly touched on last night uh, on my Twitter feed. I'm like, before we knew any details, I'm like, this is your star player. This is the star potentially face of the NFL. There is data to show that um, non-surgical approach is very effective. There's also data approach that's saying that the uh, repair of this ligament isn't always ideal. So it's tricky. Um, If I was on staff there, I would probably see how he did after four weeks um, and, and see if he's still got a lot of issues with it, have him run, have him do a lot of stuff in practice that would simulate a game and then kind of go from there. The issue with the cartilage underneath the kneecap is it's very thick, but it's also very important. And if you take a big chunk out of that, you really are never the same. Like I'm talking life, not just football. Like it's just never the same. Uh, so it's risky. Um, traditionally these are in younger people, 10 18, 19, 20 year olds, not so much in the, in the mid twenties and after, and especially in the nature of his position, getting hit, um, he's at high risk in general. So it's an unfortunate injury. Um, but he got very lucky. I think it's in their best interest to reevaluate it four weeks, uh, see where they are in the standing, see how much potential they have and kind of go from there. What would you expect his performance to be? Let's say he returns after four weeks. He clearly wouldn't be as close to 100% as he was to begin the year, but we've been seeing him deal with this ankle injury all the way through. Do you think that had anything to do with it, by the way? Like, he's been dealing with these ankle injuries. Does that just throw off your stability? You put more weight on another part of your body to compensate? Like, does that have anything to do with it? Not this specific injury, but it definitely impacted his performance over the past couple of weeks. Up until last night's game, he had only missed eight snaps all season. Um, he actually likely suffered a high ankle sprain probably in week one, which as we see with Saquon and some of these other guys, they miss at least two to three, sometimes up to six weeks. Well, Mahomes didn't miss any. So he's been trying to play on a basically bum ankle. He doesn't have the mobility uh, which means he can't always hit his receivers in the best, you know, line sight, line sight that he normally would because he doesn't have the mobility to get to that line sight, uh, which indirectly impacted his performance. He's still been a beast, but he hasn't been what we kind of drafted him for, so to speak. Um, I don't think the ankle injury really played a role in uh, his knee just because of the lineman came over and just basically happened to catch him perfectly where his knee, uh, the alignment's knee hit um, Mahomes' knee and popped it out of the socket just in a perfect kind of angle. Regardless of how his ankle was feeling, it wouldn't have made a difference. Um, his ankle you know, impacted him other ways, but just not this specific way. Uh, so performance-wise, when he returns, would you expect him to be Patrick Mahomes again? If it is like five weeks from now, a month from now, let's say he comes back, I don't know, at the beginning of December. Like, are you expecting Boku fantasy points once again, or you just have a guy yeah. out there being like, whoa, don't get hurt, Patty. I am I think he's back to pretty much normal Mahomes. He will always have it in the back of his mind. Is this thing going to pop out again? And that's always a concern. Um, but I think if, he, if they give him enough reps in practice, um, I think he'll start to gain confidence in it, and I think he'll be good. 
So when he, if and when he returns, which I expect him to in four, four or five weeks, depending on their bye week and whatnot, um, he, he'll be rock solid star. They just need to kind of get to that point for the rest of the team. I was anticipating Amari Cooper not playing in the Sunday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles and news broke on Friday that it looks like most of these Dallas Cowboys who have been deemed questionable all week are going to play. That includes Smith, that includes Collins, that includes Randall Cobb, and that includes Amari Cooper. He's dealing with this thigh bruise. Like, could he... If this, is this very similar to the thing that kept T.Y. Hilton out like two weeks ago? Exactly. And if that's Almost the case, identity. then ha- like how close to 100% is Murray Cooper going to be? Because it doesn't seem like it's very. So um, he reportedly dealt with something similar several years ago. I think it was four years ago, somewhere around there. And he said that one wasn't bad. This one is much worse. He could barely even walk on Monday. Uh, the, the thigh, the top of the thigh has a great blood supply, which means it heals. The problem is it also bleeds like crazy. And when it bleeds, it has a tendency to swell up. And that is when it becomes very uncomfortable. Sometimes you even have to drain these. So these don't heal in a week. They just don't. They take a, a couple weeks at best. And then eventually you just kind of forget about it unless you take another hit to the thigh. Um, I don't know why this is becoming so common if they change the pads, if these guys don't wear their pads, if they're getting more helmets to the knee uh, I don't, or you know their thigh. I don't know why. I was a little surprised to hear that he may even potentially play. And I really don't have any interest in him playing uh, because all it takes is one tweak and he's going to be, he'll miss the rest of the game despite a fantastic matchup. Yeah, that that becomes the issue, especially because it's later in the day, too. You can't even recoup. You don't have the pool of players to replace him with should he be deemed inactive at the last second than you would somewhere earlier in the day. But like you said, just one bad hit or one tweak, and then he's out, and he has a zero in your lineup. So I've really moved him down in my rankings, but I do think that he affects Gallup a little bit because, frankly, they'll still try to force him the ball either way every single time because that's just what they do in Dallas when you have Murray Cooper at home. Next one is Christian Kirk. He's going to be a game time decision he's been dealing with this ankle sprain now for a few weeks it does seem like he's close to coming back though yeah I, it sounds like they're trying to be smart with him which I think is a good idea um, you don't so uh, the difference between a low and a high ankle sprain is that a low ankle sprain you can come back on uh, and for the most part it's not overly concerning uh, a high ankle sprain which is what Kirk is dealing with is, is much more painful to come back on. And it's not a good idea to come back early because it can lead to some additional issues. Um, they say, they claim that he's not going to come back until he's hundred percent and he doesn't sound there yet. So I'd be a little surprised if he came back. Um, it, it would be a, a nice spot for him and, and likely a potential shootout. And we know that he is pretty much the trusted target of, of Murray. Um, in, in that regard, I just, don't think he's going to play. I put him at like 30, 40% right now. It may go up a little bit. I think next week, I don't know when their buy is, but next week would be a, a very realistic possibility for him to return. I think he's kind of 50, 50 uh, this week and, and game time decision is very applicable. D.D. Westbrook hurt his shoulder in Thursday's practice, then did not practice on Friday. Generally, this leads to people not playing. <laughs> uh, when it comes on Sunday, but I don't, it, it's hard to tell because you don't know how serious this injury is. What would you make of Didi's chances of playing? So, sort of the same thing, like 35, 40%? So the, the issue with shoulders is that uh, they don't really concern me as much from an acute standpoint um, as something like a hamstring or a quad or a soft tissue injury that is going to get re-aggravated if, if they push it too hard. Um, 
Obviously, you need your shoulders to catch, um, and especially some of these guys that just make some of these crazy catches that they really have to extend for. We don't know the extent of what the exact injury is. Is it something simple, or is it is it a more complicated uh, AC joint sprain? Is it uh, something like a rotator cuff strain? Uh, you know, there's a lot of other possibilities. Uh, so it's a little tricky since it just happened yesterday, and the game is you know basically a little over 48 hours away. Um, probably not the best situation. Um, I expect him to be limited if he does suit up. This could be a, a spot for Conley uh, and in a great matchup again, um, but it's just unfortunate uh, with it happening so late in the week. He just doesn't have the recovery time like you'd expect. Kind of reminds me of Sammy Watkins a couple weeks ago when he got injured and just really didn't do anything in the game and, and kind of left people out to dry because they expected him. Oh, he's active. He's going to play. He should be fine. Not really. Uh, last two, one is Saquon Barkley. He looks like he'll return from his high ankle sprain. It's been three and a half, four weeks now since he sustained that injury. What level percentage wise of full capability Saquon do you think we're looking at here? Uh, 90, Ooh, something like that. That's great. Like, news. He's just a physical beast. Like this is Adrian Peterson in his prime in terms of physical, just ability to get back on the field at 10 days. He looked like most people do it four weeks. Like he just, it, normal timelines don't apply to this guy. It seems like, so I w I'm really, really surprised if he had any issues with this game. And I mean, he, if he could rush for 200 yards, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, once these guys are, are healed and back, they don't look back. We saw Tevin Coleman a couple the last week uh, when he came back, like nothing, like he wasn't ever injured. So that's kind of what I expect from Saquon. Very similar injury. Uh, any thoughts on what's going on with Elvin Kamara? He has been ruled out for week mm -hmm. seven. He was dealing with a bit of this injury last week. He, they reported it as an ankle and as a knee, but he ended up playing against Jacksonville. If it, this truly is a high ankle sprain, he's going to miss like a month here, isn't he? Yes. So he went into last week's game with a high ankle sprain. As we know, this is what Mahomes was dealing with also. And Saquon. But some guys think they can push through. They eventually realize they shouldn't and they can't. Um, he went down awkwardly uh, in the middle of one of his runs and he tweaked his knee. Um, you saw it. You, I have some video on my timeline uh, that I saw that, that you could barely see uh, with the angle. And he uh, grabbed his knee immediately after the play. He needed help off the field. Uh, and it was just, he didn't really, if he did much left in the game, it wasn't much. Uh, this was likely when he sprained his knee. Uh, the combination of the two is probably going to keep him out for a good two to three weeks. Um, I think when Breeze comes back, uh, there's a good chance Kamara comes back. Um, they really need him for the run, uh, playoff run, so I think they should be smart with him. Um, and, and Murray will be semi-decent you know, in the meantime. Okay, Dr. Jesse Morse, thanks for being on the line. Let everyone know where they can follow you on the social medias where you do some excellent work in breaking down these injuries in real time and what you have going on over at thefantasydoctors.com. Sure, so uh, you can follow me at Dr. Jesse Morse or at the Fantasy Doctors DRS on uh, Twitter and Instagram. We have a ton of videos that we produce almost daily. Uh, anything happens live, we usually put it on our YouTube page. Um, if, if you want to just find one-stop shop, thefantasydoctors.com is probably the easiest way to find us. And um, if you want some additional, uh, more in-depth stuff, we have a Patreon uh, page. It's patreon.com uh, slash thefantasydoctors, and you can check that out as well. Is, is that where you give the real injury news on the Patreon page? So uh, I give them a little bit more analysis of 
what percentage this guy is going to be the week. Um, I will give them a little bit more insight into each injury than I do on my, than on, on the free stuff, so to speak. Okay. Uh, I have some more injury updates coming at you right after this. One more injury update before we get you out of here. Sometimes stuff breaks during the show, and you know I don't see it, so I have to re-up towards the end. Todd Gurley has been lifted from the injury report, according to Adam Schefter, so those pick up Daryl Henderson. You probably don't need to do that at this point. Might be nice to have him as a handcuff right now because we don't know how long, if at all, Malcolm Brown is going to be out, but that's just what I'm looking at for right now. It does appear like both Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby shall return Sunday night for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's good news considering Deshaun Jackson and Darren Sproles have now already been officially ruled out in that contest. It's not going to really help. I mean, it will help. It'll assist a little bit for the Eagles' putrid secondary, but it doesn't make them good by any means. It's not like these guys are any good, but they're better than the eighth stringers that they were playing in the secondary at this point. So upgrade the pass defense of the Eagles just a smidge, not to a point where you don't want to try to exploit them, but either way, those two guys will be back. Debo Samuel has been officially ruled out for the 49ers traveling to Washington this week. That is an upgrade to both Marquise Goodwin and... Uh, Dante Pettis, they'll just end up seeing more snaps. The fewer amount of names that you can cluster in to that receiving core in San Francisco, the better it is for everyone else. It's sort of like the Colt situation where with the 49ers, you play Kittle and then everyone else is just kind of a roll of the dice. At least now it's becoming more concentrated, almost like with the Colts where you play T.Y. Hilton and now without Paris Campbell, that it just concentrates more of the target share onto a lot of these guys. Josh Gordon also looking like he is definitely, not definitely not going to play on Monday night, but not trending towards playing, whereas Rex Burkhead and Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett are all trending towards playing on Monday night. So check out the updated rankings for where all of these guys fall into them going forward. I didn't expect, uh, after talking to Dr. Jesse, that Kamara could be out almost like three, four weeks. That If Latavius Murray is available in your league, go pick him up. You may not necessarily want to play him this week or have to play him this week, but he will inherit some nice matchups moving forward where you probably will treat him as a top 15 running back for the week, depending on all the different options and injuries and bye weeks that time around. Anyway, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. I told you about the three ways that you can get into the draws for 20 DK bucks. Play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League, $15 to enter, three max entry, no rake. Link is in the description of this video and podcast, so immediately go do that. Let's fill this up with time to spare so we can make it bigger and I can give away more rake-free money for the following week. All the cheat sheets and rankings up on dkplaybook.com and available in the description of this video or podcast as well. That'll do it for me. Meaning will be back next week. I'll be live on Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, so get your questions ready, okay? I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!